Chris Tyson, the right-hand man of internet sensation Mr. Beast, has begun transitioning as many people are wondering how Chris can go from making videos mocking gender ideology and the use of preferred pronouns to taking hormone replacement therapy and separating from his wife in order to find his authentic self. And how celebrities like Billie Eilish, Terry Crews, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, and others have openly discussed their pornography addiction and how these things are actually connected to one another. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about some somber topics. And also, hopefully, we can bring about some sanctification in those who maybe have fallen in to some of these grievous and horrible sins. But before we get into it, if you guys could leave a like and also subscribe to the channel so you can get more of this content. And if you are listening via podcast, please make sure to leave a five-star review if you feel so led. And that just helps us to get up there so more and more people can hear the messages that we do give. So with all of that, there is a sad, sad thing that is trending on the internet. And it's something that people who follow Mr. Beast, and guys, if you remember, we did an entire show, not just on Mr. Beast, but on a number of social media icons that people are following. And one of the more important things to me is that young people are following. And Mr. Beast was somebody, when he first came out, was a professing Christian. In fact, he wanted to put Christ in all of his material, according to him. And he even had the cross, different Bible verses in his original logos. But as the time has gone on and the worries and cares and affairs of the world have choked out whatever seed uh, on the soil that was Mr. Beast's life, it seems as though he has gone far, far, far away from the one true God. And now that sort of behavior has seemingly seeped over to the rest of the members who have been involved in Mr. Beast's group. And I guess the number, the first subscriber to Mr. Beast is none other than a young man by the name of Chris Tyson. And Chris himself has done a number of videos with Mr. Beast, and a lot of people are fans. I believe he has over a million followers on his Twitter page. And recently, some of the fans of Mr. Beast and Chris have been noticing that he is starting to dress different very different to the point where he has grown out his hair, he has shaved his beard, and now is dressing like a woman. And so people have asked, what on earth is going on? And he responded, basically saying that hormone replacement therapy has actually saved his life and that now he's becoming his true self. And so have a number of the members come to, a number of the members of Mr. Beast's crew come alongside to encourage And this is sad. If you guys didn't know, Chris uh, was married or is married, and they're going through a divorce now. And he also has a two-year-old daughter. And so a lot of people are seeing the picture side by side and seeing you are trading this for that. And some of Mr. Beast's crew have come alongside and tried to have his back and even said, well, we're going to be counting our money. Uh, Guys, if there is ever 
I mean, if there is ever a perfect representation that money, influence, popularity will never satisfy, will never fulfill, these guys are doing a great job of getting us to understand that very, very clearly. And a lot of people are wondering how on earth somebody who, by the way, in 2016, alongside Mr. Beast, made an entire video mocking people who are born male or female and then identify as something else and then want other people to pronounce them by their preferred pronouns. And they made an entire video about this, about being a helicopter and so forth. They have 63 genders up there, but they can't have my gender. Bro, what are you doing? Bro? Did, did you just assume my gender? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to misgender you. I'm... You're such a helophobe. Get out! And Mr. Beast even claimed that he was actually born a tank. Every day, countless vehicles are born into human bodies. I've never told anyone this, but I was actually born a tank, but sadly, it wasn't one of our 52 genders. And it was all to make fun of people, and people have come out against them. You guys are transphobic. Chris Tyson himself has even commented to people or commented as a joke, as a, I guess, a, as a quip to make fun and to say your granny is a tranny. And people have seen that stuff on Twitter as well. And people are wondering, how do you go from this making and mocking and making fun of those who have this gender dysphoria, whatever you want to call it, and going all the way over to the other side where you are now transitioning and leaving your wife? I mean, this is pretty heartbreaking stuff. I mean, even people that are, they'll even say in the comments, I'm not religious, I'm not a Christian, or I'm, you know, I'm I'm not transphobic, but what on earth is going on here? And it's pretty sad, and a lot of people have different speculative reasons. Some uh, seem better than the other, but one of them I find really interesting. And in this interview, we're going to be playing a clip because a lot of people may not know about a direct link between this whole, I guess, popularization of transgenderism and pornography. And a lot of people say, well, what kind of link could there be? And author Genevieve Gluck has actually described herself as a feminist. This is not somebody I believe that is a blood-bought believer, but this is a woman who describes herself as as a feminist. And what she has done is looked at some of those direct links to pornography and the popularity of transgenderism and also just people being it being normalized in our culture. And let's hear what she has to say regarding this link that we're talking about. I really think that people don't talk enough about how pornography is mainstreaming these concepts, mm. um, particularly the concept that a, a woman could have a penis, um, which is such an absurd concept on its face. But when you actually uh, look at some of the surgeries and themes within pornography, um, it's not that, uh, well, you can see where it's coming from is what I mean, because um, transgender pornography has just skyrocketed in terms of popularity. Um, Particularly, there's a huge demand for men who have uh, feminized themselves in some capacity, whether that's uh, plastic surgery, uh, hormones, uh, both, um, the more he might resemble a woman, then the more he might be paid. Often these 
men could be paid double what a woman is paid in pornography because the demand is so high. Um, and then it, it normalizes this concept of unnatural bodies, bodies that you wouldn't find in nature, um, having them to be uh, sexually thrilling. It's creating, I believe it's creating a form of fetishism which had never previously existed to this extent. Um, and so when we talk about academia, we have to understand as well that um, pornography is influencing people in ways that we don't see as well. We can clearly look at academia, we can look at published works. We don't often see what's happening when people are consuming pornography and how that shapes their perception of the world. Now, there are a few things that she said there that really stick out to me. One of which is the fact that we really don't understand just the effect that people's worldview, how they're changing because of the readiness of pornography to be at anyone's fingertips like that, immediately, at any second, readily available, and how it is changing the perception of what people see as women, these, these fetishes. And before I get too deep into this, I, I do believe, and, and here's one thing we need to point out when it comes to the connection between transgenderism or, or this sexual identity and ideology and so forth. When you see these connections, it goes, well, how can you connect that to that? The fact is, is that when somebody, a man is dressing up as a woman or a woman dressing up as a man, all of these things always have something to do with sexuality to some degree or another. And it all goes back to the fact that they are going away from the creative order. It all goes back to the fact that they are doing that which is unnatural. And the readiness of pornography for people is the searing of the conscience as with a hot iron. The readiness of pornography and all of these things is getting people to a place where they keep searing their conscience and they need another thrill. Uh, in fact, when you look at it over and over again, whether it's pornography, whether it's prostitution, whatever it may be, or trying out different weird things, bringing other people in, whether it's swingers and whatever it may be, all of these things are a searing of the conscience. All of these things are viewing women and men as simply objectifiable properties. Uh, as simply objects that they get their pleasure off of. And that happens via pornography. It happens via prostitution or whatever it may be. And so when we see this happening over and over again, these fetishes, and as she was mentioning, these new fetishes, they're becoming all the more and more common. And one of the sad things to me is not only transgenderism normalized, but also pornography normalized. And normalized, sadly enough, in places you would never Yes, I'm sure a lot of people love watching Dennis Prager. And in fact, I've heard Christians doing studies through his views on the Old Testament, commentary he's written on the Old Testament, or specifically the Tanakh, I believe, and people going through this. And I look at it and I go, this is kind of damning when you actually hear some of the things that he believes and his viewpoints in terms of pornography. One of the things he recently said was, quote, Men want variety. And uh, if adultery is a substitute for, if pornography is a substitute for one's wife, it's awful. If it's a substitute for adultery, it's not awful. Now, I'm going to tell you that Jesus says the exact opposite. If men want a substitute for adultery, he says you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. And in fact, what Jesus prescribes is not that it's not too awful because you want a variety, so you need your insatiable desires to continue 
to be just palated and just to give you all the desires of your wicked heart, all these sick and disgusting things outside of the bounds of marriage. And also wait until we talk about the connection between pornography and sex trafficking. But nonetheless, that it's not awful. It's so awful that Jesus said, cut off your hand and pluck out your eye because it is better for that to be cut off than for your whole body to go into hellfire. So let's just get that out and away and clear. But don't just think him. Other people that, um, I guess, guys or women like Candace Owens have propped up or even Tucker Carlson has propped up. Somebody like none other than Andrew Tate who can be seen on video. And by the way, we haven't even done an expose on him yet that I would like to do, but I'm waiting for a lot of the court case to be done. But we have a number of file after file of the fact that this guy has actually been trafficking women. And in fact, he's even said, and of course, Candace Owens says, he's just joking. Andrew Tate's just joking. Come on, you should all just be able to laugh at this as he jokes around about sleeping around. And one of the things he talks about is that he would rather, and he said, you should rather too, you should as well, you should rather sleep with someone, by the way, fornication is fornication, and then there's homosexuality, and it's all disgusting, sin against your own body. But nonetheless, the joke is that, oh, well, if you sleep with uh, a lady boy, somebody who is transitioning or so forth, and they happen to have the private parts of a man, but they've done a lot of plastic surgery and they look really good, you should sleep with them oversleeping with, a woman who's really ugly and looks like Hulk Hogan, according to him. I recently posted a question on Twitter asking, would you rather have sex with a transsexual, which is a legitimate 10, or a woman, which is a legitimate one? And everyone's sitting there clicking woman, 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 because they think they're going to be gay if they do anything else, but they're not actually thinking about the question. When I say a one and a 10, I mean Megan Fox with a d that's the tranny, or Hulk Hogan with a d Oh, that's just fun and games. Well, Mike Cernovich as well, popular talking head, actually wrote four different versions of the same story. And it is so graphic, I would never share any part of it on here. And at first, it was about sleeping with a tranny. And he talked about this and went into gross detail, but also then changed it and said, oh, this is just somebody else sent this into me. And that's what it's all about. Okay. You want to say that, first of all, why are you publishing that work? Second of all, when it comes to him and you look at it, he even talked about where the best looking lady boys are. Those are trannies. The normalization, whether this is the guys, and I want to show this from the left and from the light and from whatever, these people are sick. This is disgusting. Dennis Prager, I think he has a lot of great things to say. I've gone to the ask a Jew, ask a Gentile stuff and seen people, some actually attempt to share the gospel, some not so much. And he has a lot of great things to say, but this is worse than fly in the ointment. This is poison in the ointment, and you're poisoning yourself if this is the kind of thing that he's going to say in direct conflict with the one true God. But some people might wonder, where are we getting the idea that pornography addiction can lend itself to this? Or where are we getting the idea that maybe this guy was addicted to pornography? I think the Fact is, is that when it comes to Mr. Beast's best friend, that this probably does entail some of the things he might be going through. And I say that because, sadly enough, pornography addiction is so rampant and so popular. And even celebrities and even football players like Ben Roethlisberger have come out 
and said, hey, I was addicted to pornography. It almost ruined my entire life and so forth. Even Lamar Odom, not that he's saved or anything, but Lamar Odom talked about how he ends up, you know, having an overdose at a whorehouse. I mean, these are the kind of things that are going on. And you think about it, these are the celebrities of the day. They can get with women all they want, and yet they still can't help themselves to just keep looking at the at these things. They have money, they have power, they have popularity, and yet they can't get away from it. In fact, Exodus Cry, who's done a wonderful job of exposing so many of these pornography websites that are actually pushing trafficking. And in fact, that's what they um, are getting a lot of their viewers from is are videos of people that are being trafficked. But they actually show a number of different celebrities talking about pornography and the addiction that they have. I was addicted to pornography. This thing has become a problem. For somebody to learn about sex from porn, I think it's really dangerous. And I think that happens a lot. I was obsessed with porn when I was a teenager. So living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi, it's inconceivable. I can't get off without watching porn. You can't get off at all without watching porn? not even close. I started watching porn when I was like 11. I didn't understand why it was a, a bad thing. I thought that's how you learned how to have sex. I was addicted to porn. I know, billion dollar industry, just me. My guess is that most adults have some relationship with porn. Every man in this room has turned to porn. I'm not speaking to you from a hypothetical place. I've been there. I've done it. I've tried it. Now, notice how openly some of them talk about it. Some of them, like Terry Crews, I think, are, are trying to warn against it on that video. But also look at how popularized this is, that people can talk about it, how horrible it is. And uh, Chris Rock there saying a joke, obviously when Will, Sip's not, Will Smith is not slapping him, um, but saying a joke like, I guess I'm the only one, because he recognizes that this is an epidemic. It is a, an epidemic of moral proportions, the fact that this can happen and the fact that so many people are just readily available to say, yeah, of course. And guys, in our series uh, titled Satan's Sex Scheme, one of the ta- one of the things we talk about is the normalization of pornography. And we even went out, sent uh, Nico Hanessian out to the streets, and he was asking people over and over again, do you watch porn? To which, to the 100 percentile, everybody readily admitted that they watch pornography um, pretty much regularly. And it's so readily available and it's affecting the way people view others. It's affecting the way people view sexuality. It's affecting the way people view themselves. It, it, it is so heartbreaking. And yet, this is the reality. And listen also there that Billie Eilish, how old was she when she said she got introduced to porn? 11. Guys, look at your child and recognize, by the way, especially if they're in the public school system, they are going to be inundated with this stuff. This is going to be before them all the time. People's phones all the time. It's never ending. And we actually wrote an article uh, on uh, goodfight.org that you can check out uh, about raising your children. And who is raising your children, celebrities or Jesus? And one of the things we talked about is one of Jim Carrey's movies. It didn't get uh, I didn't get a lot of good reviews, but it was called The Cable Guy. It came out in about 1996. And when you actually see this clip, uh, from the movie, and I'll, I'll read from it as well. It actually makes a really good, I guess, a really good point. Uh, and sadly enough, it's worse now than it was before. In the film, Jim Carrey played a disturbed man who had grown up entirely through the use of television. By the end of the man's life, he realized that it was all a sham. In the final climactic scene, he states, quote, you were never there for me, were you, mother? You expected Mike and Carol Brady to raise me. 
I am the bastard son of Claire Huxtable! I am the lost Cunningham! I learned the facts of life from watching the facts of life! Oh, God! While Carrie's character had access to copious amounts of television before he became a raving lunatic described in the film, at least he was able to get away from it for a few hours when he went to school. That is not the case for our generation. They take their TV with them wherever they go. They pull up videos on their phones, watch hours and hours of content as they meditate on whatever someone else finds riveting enough to send to them. Take a look at any young adult today watching a television show or a sports game. Take a glance over and take note of how many times they pick up their phone and look at videos or pictures that their friends, or many times people they have never even met, are posting or sending. While they are watching TV, they can't even fully pay attention to what is actually playing on it. They need more and more stimuli because of their insatiable appetite for constant content. So what is the remedy according to scripture when it comes to this I guess this plague that young people have, this is going on. This is being sent to them. This is being uh, just at copious amounts, as the article talks about, over and over again thrown towards them, where the constant stimuli, the reactions in the brain that are going on from watching this. This is what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4. But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. So what is the antidote? Skip down to verse 6. In pointing out these things to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of good doctrine, which you have been following. But stay away from worthless stories that are typical of old women, Rather, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily training is just slightly beneficial, but godliness is beneficial for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance, for it is for this we labor and strive because we have set our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all mankind, especially of believers." Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on you for your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, give your attention to the public reading, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was granted to you through words of prophecy, with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself and to the teaching preserved in these things. For as you do, this will save both yourself and those who hear you. I say all that is to say, please dedicate your heart and your mind to what the scripture teaches so that you can admonish and build up those who are in the faith. That's the first thing we need to do. We need to make sure that our church is in order. How about this? For Fathers and for mothers, your house is in order. I know we still have a lot of younger people that watch this show. And guess what? Make sure your phone is in order. Make sure you're not clicking on this stuff. Because, guys, I want you to hear this. Because so many people might have a Bible app on their phone and then go over to Instagram and then go over to Google and then go over while having a Bible app with God's written word sitting on there that they might have read. Also go over and turn on pornography. And guess what? 
what many people don't understand is that so many of those videos that you're watching are people that have been sex trafficked. People that have been sex trafficked. It's bad enough that you're sinning against God, but yet even the people that you're trying to get your satisfaction from, these are people who have been sex trafficked. I think people think that watching pornography is okay because they say, well, everybody has consented to it and they're all paid actors and they're consenting adults, so it's fine. But the reality is, and I've, I've um, heard this from, from survivors and what they really want all porn consumers to know is that when you are watching pornography, you actually have no way of knowing if you're watching somebody being raped or voluntarily engaging in that act. Pornography is really prostitution on screen. The traffickers are the same, the pimps are the same, the women and girls and, and men and boys are the same victims that are being sold in the sex trade. There isn't pornography over here, prostitution over here, and trafficking over there. They're interlinked. The most interesting study I read is one that did brain scans of men while they were watching pornography. And they wanted to see what areas of the brain light up when men look at porn. It's the part of the brain that deals with objects, not people. And why that is so devastating is the, the more we dehumanize someone, the more possible it is to commit violence against them. When you see someone being brutally, really brutalized in pornography, that really has to be done to some, someone in order to film that. Sometimes we could call something sex trafficking, but if you photograph it, then it becomes pornography. As the doctor says in there, it's very clear that people are looking as though others are objects. They're looking at people not as they are made in the image of God, but that they are simply an object for their gratification. Guys, it is, it is way past time to repent if you've fallen into this sin. Find a brother or sister who can encourage you and to push you towards righteousness. Be accountable. Be in the body of Christ. And do not let yourself be taken captive by your desire, your fleshly desire, not the desire that God wants for you, but your fleshly desire to take you away from the one true God. That It tells us in Hebrews chapter 3, See to it, brethren, that none of you have a sin, sinful, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. It says that one that is carried away by the deceitfulness of sin. You may not think it's a big deal, but guess what? It is a very big deal. Or Jesus wouldn't say to cut off your hand and pluck out your eye. Now, I want to say this uh, because I'd love to end on a good note. And by the way, today is, and this is a great note for me, today is my 11th wedding anniversary. My wife and I got married on April 14th, and that's what this day is. I know I'm not supposed to give you guys dates because our content is supposed to be as evergreen as possible, but this is my anniversary. I'm going to be celebrating it with my wife today, and I'll give you guys a little story because I have a couple minutes uh, because I am beyond blessed. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord, and I have received much favor because I have found a very good, good wife and a wonderful mother. And I'll tell you guys our story a little bit, because I thought that would be nice ending after talking about some terrible things today. But uh, my wife and I became friends after I got saved after watching They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll, and I began attending the fellowship at Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley. I wanted to meet the pastor who made the video that my friend gave to me that brought me out of darkness and into the light. 
And so I said, where do I need to meet this guy? He said, that's my church. And I began going here. And shortly after that, um, Pastor Joe Schimmel began discipling me by taking me out to the streets to share the gospel. And I began falling in love with sharing the gospel. And I remember seeing this very beautiful young girl by the name of Holly, and I remember watching her share the gospel. In fact, I specifically remember watching her share the gospel and explaining to a Jewish man how Jesus is the promised Messiah in Isaiah 53. And I looked at her and I said, man, that is so awesome. Now, I didn't believe that I was good enough, especially from my past life um, before I was saved. Uh, With all the sin that I had committed, I didn't think I could ever have a spouse. And so I said, I'm totally fine with the gift of singleness, but this is somebody I want to have as a friend for my entire life. And we would do Bible studies together as a big giant group, um, college group at the time. And uh, after enough sanctification, uh, which was almost a couple years there, um, she and I both ended up falling for each other. I had asked her father for her hand in courtship, and then uh, I told him on that day that I would later be asking for a hand in marriage, which I did. And my wife and I, uh, we did what was called a betrothal period, which was a year of time for us to grow spiritually, um, a year of time for us to grow financially as well. Uh, And then we were married on April 14th. And nine months and five days from our wedding day, my first son, Eli, uh, or Eleazar, Chad Davidson, was born. And that marked, by the way, uh, nine months and five days from our wedding day, marked four years to the day, January 19th, 2009, This was January 19th, 2013, four years to the day that I submitted my life to Christ and gave my life to him, and he became my Savior that I knew. And so I tell that story to also tell my wife, because she, praise God, does listen to all my shows. Tell her, happy anniversary, babe. I can't wait. We're going to a Dodger game tonight, and I'm really excited. So I thought we could end on a very good note after talking about some very somber topics. So I love you guys. Praise the Lord for you guys listening. If you guys can share this, encourage people, and also keep, keep, keep well away and flee youthful lust. God bless you guys. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.